0: I'm me. I'm his podcast. I'm this song. I'm this intro. Dad, stop. You're embarrassing me. Really? All right. I'm you, Dad. Good call, honey. Great call, actually. Now, newcomers and all, once again, I'm you is just a term to make fun of everything and anything. It's simple terminology that people have caught on to throughout the years, and I'm sure you'll catch on to it easily as well. Welcome back to the Om Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Ernst. I hope you enjoyed Greatest Hits Part 1 of Season 1 of the AMU Podcast. Now we're just going to jump right into Part 2. We're going to start this one off um, with the Dr. Seuss controversy from last season and the infamous WAP performance by Cardi B and the ladies. And all the topics I'm going to discuss from previous episodes, this stuff just doesn't get old because they keep reoccurring. And when I say that is the topics I'm making fun of continue to happen. Plus a lot of you probably forgot about these stories. Actually I did when I was going through uh, season one. So it's still relevant and it's still something that needs to be talked about. So that being said, here's part two of season one's greatest calls. This WAP performance um, has taken off and the biggest discussion was how in the hell can you deem Dr. Seuss offensive, and not this. And here's the thing, I'm over here in the middle, and I agree. I mean, seriously, can we not ban Dr. Seuss, but also can I please watch these girls each other on stage? I have no problems with either of them. Okay, if you're telling me to choose a side, which it seems you have to do in this country now, I mean, I get the hypocrisy, okay? They took a sexy, curvy Lola Bunny from the original Space Jam and desexualized her by giving Bugs Bunny's girlfriend a physique of an 11 year old boy, you know, but because they don't wanna sexualize woman, they did this. Yet you have these ladies on stage wearing practically nothing, scissoring each other, rapping about their soaked pies. But did that performance offend me? Absolutely not. Do I think my if my kids see this, it's going to lead them into bad decision making? Absolutely not. You know why? Because I grew up in South Florida, that's why. The bottom. Hey We Want Some Pussy was the number one song in Broward and Dade County when I was roaming the halls of Plantation Middle School in sixth grade. And I turned out fun. I mean, I like to think I did. At least my mom thinks I did, so that's good. I have the best little boy in the world. But a huge majority of all my friends, male and female of all colors and religions, are living stand-up fantastic lives while following the code of keeping your morals and ethics amongst others. And I was watching girls compete in booty contests, all right? Locking my bike up that was soon to be stolen by other kids watching these girls. But the point is, it's okay, people. And here's another thing. Cardi B and Megan B Stallion, just so you know, we started that shit in South Florida, okay? South Florida was doing those types of dances in the 80s and 90s, while you fuckers were doing the Kid and Play and Running Man in New York and LA. And my girls down in Florida shook their asses way better than your rudimentary ass shaking selves. okay? And I'm twerking, I'm you, yeah. Fucking twerking, really? Oh, did you guys make that up, did you? No, you did. Okay, I'm you. It's called listening to Splat Pack and shaking your ass in a parking lot in South Florida. That's what it's called. Way before you high-top fade, corny-ass dancing motherfuckers got a hold of this, all right? Next topic. I don't know if you guys have heard, but the term mom and dad has been canceled. I'm this. Okay, so this is what's going on. Not sure if you all have seen this, but schools are preaching a new, non-offensive way to speak the English language. Um, one generic school, it's like a 57,000-a-year private school called Grace Church School in New York has already started implementing, implementing this with their new language guide. Um, I mean, I'm the staff, first of all, I'm them. Can you imagine inviting these people to a party? I mean, holy shit, the fun they must be. What you say is offensive to me. Here are some of the phrases, terms, words they're incorporating um, in their new guide. Now, this pertains to, to students and teachers, and they want parents to use this, too, as well. Boys and girls, guys, ladies and gentlemen, have been replaced by folks, friend, readers, and mathematicians. Huh? Oh, this one's great. Listen to this one. These poor kids. So, it says, instead of saying sweetheart, honey, or any kind of similar pet name, what they're saying is you you would say the child's name or child slash friend in a blue shirt. And I'm that. Like what what does that even mean? Oh where's your uh, where's your significant other? Oh, you mean my Wendy with the white shirt? Like I'm that. You're so dumb. You are really dumb for real. There's also mom and dad or parents like I said is canceled when you say grown-ups, folks, family or guardians, you can't you don't say husband, you don't say wife, you don't say boyfriend, you don't say girlfriend. you say spouse, partner or significant other. You don't, say, you don't say diverse or minority. You're not, you, you just don't do it in this school. They don't advise it. Um, you say person of color, which I think sounds worse by the way, um, or person of marginalized identity. And I'm that. I'm a first grader trying to say that That's at, in, in this school. This is probably my favorite one out of all of them. They advise you not to say, what are you going to do for Halloween? Instead you say, do you celebrate the holiday? I'm that, all <laughs> right? Man, what are they doing to these poor kids? How do you support this? If you support this, I'm you. I really, really am, like, to the fullest. More than I've ever been anything in my life. Still, they, these are just examples. You can look it up yourself. Just look up a Grace Church School Guide, um, and just put Mom and Dad Cancelled, and you'll find it. It's just, it's, it's absurd. It's crazy. You know what this is really going to affect is comedy. You know, just take a stand-up comedian, for example, in the future. Say the, one of these little kids, and and if this continues in other schools, a lot of little kids, when they get older, if they want to be a stand up, I mean, how is their set going to sound? Like, how are you going to make jokes? Hey, how are my readers and mathematicians doing tonight? <laughs> Hopefully, better than a person of marginalized identity like myself. <laughs> Any grown ups here with younger characters they are guardians of? My significant other, who my pet name is, Little Brenda wearing blue pants have our own younger person who has yet to self-identify at our place of residence. And readers, let me tell you. (laughs) So we all went out for the holiday where they put up scary decorations and you dress up in your favorite gender-free costume. We walk up to the door. What, what? We walk up to the door, what? Can't say more? That's offensive. You said walk, not everybody can walk. What about a person who has a physical disability? Next topic. So I don't know if you all heard, the US Army is discussing the possibility of making their physical tests easier and on that. So from what I understand, 54% of men pass the test and 7% of women pass the test. So they are doing this so more women can pass their grueling physical training just so they can say, "Ah, see we did it. Ah, see (laughs) we can do it, too. See anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. I'm you. You didn't do anything. That's like if the government waives all student loan debt and somebody goes to me, hey, man, I just paid for my education. I'll be like, I'm you. No, you didn't. All right, get your pissed face away from me. All right, it took me 12 horrible years to pay mine off. We are not the same. You just watch your mouth, mister. You know who should be the most pissed about reducing activity in the physical standard test is the 7% of women who actually passed the real grueling test in the Army. I mean, imagine one of these new recruits going to some seasoned badass female veteran going, I did, hey, look, I did it too. They're gonna be like, bitch, no you didn't. I ran 25 miles carrying 250 pounds on my shoulders without any breaks. What'd you do? Two push push-ups, four sit-ups, and ran the bleachers once at the local little league field? I'm you, get the fuck away from me. You're like a Kentucky Fried idiot. And Can you imagine if we go to war with China or Russia, you know, and we're like, hey, hey guys, hey, do you mind breaking your units up to like from weaker to stronger, you know? You know, just so it's fair. You know? This way, you know, CNN and The View can talk about how badass our women's soldiers are if we can actually beat your weakest division? Every nation on earth was run by women. You would see a significant improvement across the board on just about everything. I don't know anybody <laughs> who disagrees with that. Yeah, <laughs> you said it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not chauvinist because it's true, right? <laughs> I'm you. So here's the next topic, I mean, this is, this is actually this is, I, th- I find this whole thing humorous. I'm sorry, it's hysterical. So I hear that the bachelor host is seeing a race educator for saying something that pretty much wasn't racist. And I'm that, all right? I'm this newly created profession coming from a crazy progressive university near you. Oh, wow, you, you know, you're so enlightened. How are, how are you much better than everybody else in their thought process? How, how do you do it? I think I'm better than you. Here's the thing, okay, please tell me I'm racist because I don't give a fuck. Quick story, I got called a racist the other day by some black homeless dude waiting at a light in Hollywood, okay? Window was up, he walked over to me and I declined and then he held up a tiny piece of paper with a Nazi symbol on it, pointed at me and then pointed at the symbol and I'm that. You know, like I'm gonna go, ah, you know what, you got me. You know, know, look, I gotta prove I'm not racist. Here's my wallet tits, take it. Here's my car. Here, take my house key. Go fuck my wife, too, while you're at it, you know? And and you know what, if she doesn't want to, just, just show her the Nazi symbol, and I'm sure she will have sex with you just to prove she's not a racist. You like me right now. You like me. But no, you know what I thought? Fuck you, dude. I have nothing to prove to you or anybody. And I know atheists don't want to hear this, but for people who believe in God, God knows the truth, man. That's all that matters. Agnostics, the universe knows the truth. Right, Atheist? Well, whatever, you just do you. But the woke mob can go after that girl from The Bachelor and The Bachelor host and a person that said the wrong word or made the wrong post or wore the wrong dress or breathed the wrong air. Wait, 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 wait. what was that? Wait, was that a racist breath you just took, sir? But as the Bible has stated in its own words and Tupac simplified it for us all, only God can judge me. Only God can judge me. Only God judge me. So it's God. It's not Don Lemon or Joy Bear. And I was thinking, I could be a race educator. You know, it's easy. If you're black and you're an asshole, you're an asshole. If you're white and you're a dick, you're a dick. Hi, I'm Keith Ernst, race educator. Did you honk at the car in front of you because they didn't move at a green light and that person was black? unsure of why you actually honk that horn and you're worried you're a racist? Give me a call so I can educate that vicious, ugly racism right out of you. Call now at 1-800-I'm-your-white-gill. That's 1-800-I'm-your-white-gill. You hate white people, but you work for a white man Get yourself a check and go spend it on white brands The truth already been, we bend it in ourselves White people held us back, now we hindering ourselves Worry about who clothes better, we ignorant ourselves Can't keep blaming white people, we do it to ourselves Complaining about our problems, we can fix that shit ourselves 40 acres in the mule, we can get that shit ourselves White people ain't the enemy, let's take accountability Shot the same op three times, call it a trilogy Niggas out here beefing with niggas, they went to school with How you exchange bullets with people you was cool shoot a black man, we run into his projects. shoot a black man, we do Alright, let's start with my first on you call. I'm the BLM co-founder, Patrice Khan Colors. I'm her, all right, because apparently she bought almost five million dollars worth of homes. And here's the thing: I have one word for all of you out there. Sucker! I've been saying this is a sham. Now the cause is not. OK, because the intention, whether you agree with it or not, it has good intentions. OK, I don't know one person who wants to see anybody murdered unjustifiably by the police, but the people running it, though. Now, they're no different from any other swindler who prey on people's good intentions. And here's another question. I have. Like, how does money fix racism? It, it, how does money fix? I, I It can't. It's like trying to buy love with money. And you morons are donating to this cause you know because you got to show the world you're not racist you're like ah, oh, see i donated see i'm not racist look at me now i can go back to doing my yoga and pilates and telling everybody how evil america is i'm you so one of the houses that patrice bought is in topanga canyon which is in california in a mostly white neighborhood very affluent neighborhood would you like some competent and tea sir and um man do i wish i lived next to this lady <laughs> Seriously, I, I would I would want to have a party with all my black friends out here in L. A. Super loud, and have her call the police on us. <laughs> i have like a stripper like dressed as a cop on standby around the corner. So once she's like, "Hey, I just called the cops on you guys," I'd have her come around the corner like she's gonna arrest us, you know? And then she starts giving lap dances to everybody. Strip. Strip. I'd be like, "Yeah, this is the way the cops should be." I'm with you, Patrice. Yes, thank you. But here's here's a question I have, Charles Ponzi. For the, You guys, that name sounds familiar, I'm sure, to to, to most of you. He's a person who worked one particular money-making scheme so well, I believe, in the early 20th century that, you know, they ended up naming it after him. The well-known, infamous Ponzi scheme that that Madoff-Jerk-Off just died in prison for, right? So here's my question. So now should a race-baiting scam now be nicknamed the colors scam? What's actually funny is her middle name is Khan but it's spelled K-A-H-N, not C-O-N. But how, how ironic is that? That would be like my senior year English teacher, who I still to this day despise, her last name being spelled K-U-N-T, you know, Miss K-U-N-T, because she was actually that, okay? Although spelled different, but you get what I'm saying. Get out of my goddamn classroom before I break my foot off in your ass! That being said, let's just go with Khan's con. So whenever there's a race baiting scam, we're going to call it. Oh, is this another con's con? How about that? I'm me thinking I created a term. I'm that. OK, next topic, you know, Delta Airlines. Now, I'm Delta Airlines. OK, I'm sure some of you know this already, but they recently came out and said that they plan to have 50 percent of the 5000 pilots they train in the next decade to be women or people of color. You know, that's fantastic, right? It's amazing. It's like what the Oscars are doing pretty much except instead of watching a shitty movie that got in Strictly on Agenda, now you can fucking crash and die because an airline is hiring pilots Strictly on Agenda. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. How about this, how about this, how about you show that shitty movie on the flight that's about to crash with the shitty pilot so you can like really prove your airline is woke and diverse? Is there a movie on this flight? (laughs) I'm Delta. Now, I'm not saying that women or people of color can't fly an airplane. Absolutely, they can. I'm just confused. I mean, if Delta came out and said, you know, we've been turning down applicants based on gender and race and we will no longer do that, then I would be like, really? You've been doing that? That's pretty messed up, man. And I'm glad you're changing your policies because that's, that's terrible. And you know what? Maybe that is what they're doing and they don't want anyone to know. So basically, this is their way of doing the right thing and virtue signaling at the same time. Hmm. Busted. But that's not what it sounds like. It sounds like they are going to cut corners to show the world that they are woke and better than everybody else. I think I'm better than you. So here's the thing. I believe the main reason that there are mostly white pilots is because white people are the majority in this country, number one, and the profession interests a lot of white males. That's it. There's nothing that says people of color or women are not capable of doing it. It's the law of numbers and percentages. It's not the law of white privilege. So all in all, man, you know, Delta is going to let anybody pilot a plane now to fill a quota, and this is going to be fun. Niner, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Huh? LA departure frequency, one, two, three point niner. Roger. Huh? Request vector, over, huh? Flight two zero er clear for vector three, two, four. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Tower radio clearance, over. That's Clarence Over. Over. Roger. Huh? Roger, over. Hey. I'm Hank Azaria, like to the fullest. I'm this once respected grown man slash actor who recently went on the Dax Shepherd podcast and said he wants to apologize to every Indian American in our country. Now he's saying this for voicing the disturbing, tasteless, and offensive a poo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, the hard working business owning cartoon character who owns the Quickie Mart in The Simpsons you know and pretty much talks like the other 80,000 convenience store owners out there out of the 100,000 stores in our country Oh you have got to be kidding sir but I'm a poo being offensive I mean yeah it might be a slight amplified version of an Indian convenience store owner but that's what makes it funny It's like White Chicks with the Wayne's brothers which is also a slightly over the top version of White Chicks which makes it funny Squeeze me Oh no you I mean, this is all because some sensitive coward made a generic documentary on Netflix about why he was offended by a poo. I'm you. Ah, I can't watch it. It's horrible. Ah, you just don't know what it's like to watch a caricature of a convenience store owner and walk the streets of America. Like, What are you offended by? That a lot of these Indian American store owners don't speak with the Eddie Murphy white guy voice? All right. Let's stick with this. Or maybe that they're hardworking people who bust their ass and open a legit American business to provide and build an empire for their family. I'm you. I'm your feelings. I'm your problems in life when this is what you're devoting your time to. okay? once again, this just shows you like how great people have it in this country that a cartoon selling Slurpee character keeps this guy up at night. And I'm that. Now, let's get back to Hank Azaria's interview with Dak Shepard. Now, I'm Dak Shepard, first of all. All right. Here's a guy who said he had to come to terms with his white privilege. And also him and his wife, they vowed, yes, vowed to teach their kids not to be racist. Like, I'm that. Like, what, what parent teaches their kids to be racist? Like, what? you know, it's like, hey, sit up straight. Don't play with your food. And hate everybody that doesn't look like you or you're grounded for two weeks. That's it. You're grounded. Like, I'm you. I'm your virtue signal. And just stop. Now, let me do that again. Just Stop! So Dax Shepard says to Hank Azaria, I would fight like hell to defend myself if I was called a racist. Uh, now, I need Dax. Dax, you gotta do me a favor here, okay? I need you to do something for me. I need you to say that again, but before you do, I need you to like, uh, I need you to, to put a little skirt on, you know, get your hair permed. Maybe get some red pumps on those white privileged feet of yours. You know what I'm saying? Get your makeup done, you know. And then say it again. (laughs) Because you sound like a little bitch. I'm you, I would fight like hell to prove I'm not a racist is a racist comment in itself. I'm that, think about it. That means you are currently going out of the way and doing things for people that don't look like you just so you're accepted. In order to do something like that, you have to look at the color of the skin, which in turn means you're judging. And by that definition, not mine, would mean you're a racist so now listen to this then dax has an a, a american from indian descent as his co-host and they both asked her opinion meaning hank azaria and dax and you know because she's an expert on squishy selling cartoon characters but her response was actually interesting okay she said basically if indian americans were getting roles on tv shows and in movies that this wouldn't have been a problem like more serious roles but there's one problem with that Number one, they only make up 1.2% of our population in America. That's it. 1.2%. So now how many of those in the population are actually pursuing a career in acting and how many of them are actually good, you know, or, or is that where we are in this country right now? You know, it's like what I brought up earlier, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're not a great airline pilot. You're just going to get hired because you want to fill a quota. And, and, you know, people need to prove, prove, you know, you're not racist. You got to prove it like that, that. You got to fight like hell. I'm you. But I will tell you the real reason why we don't see Indian Americans in many roles in TV and movies. It's because they're smart. I mean, they're not foolish enough to enter a career that is basically a dead end. I mean, they're your doctors, your scientists, your engineers, and God forbid, the embarrassing convenience store owner. Why is America the only one going through this problem with their movies and TV shows? Like look at Bollywood. I mean, believe it or not, there are white Europeans and Westerners who live in India. Where are they when you're making Gajana part three? I mean, where are the white people? You know, it's just not fair. And I, you know what? I don't think I'm gonna be able to sleep at night now that I bought that up. I just. All right, first of all, I wanna talk about Madonna. Once again, I love her music. You know, grew up with her. I think she's an American icon, but that being said, I'm her. okay? because she just came out and said she's a victim of patriarchy. And for those of you that don't know what patriarchy means, uh, patriarchy is kind of it's a system set up where, you know, men don't let women succeed. Pretty much, you know, they're on top all the time, blah, 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 all that shit. So I mean, forget a woman. okay? this is coming from one of the richest people in America. You know how men have kept her down she's worth almost one billion dollars and on that okay you created an empire nobody's feeling sorry for you okay nobody cares you're not a victim you're actually when you think about it you're actually fantastic evidence that women can make it in this country i mean a victim of patriarchy i'm her right nobody nobody feels bad for you know that's like if um you know that's like if rosie o'donnell was complaining and saying how unfair it is that buffets are closed across America. Really, bitch? Haven't you had enough to eat? Like, nobody feels bad for you. Or let's just say if LeBron James, right? Let's say if LeBron James posted something that said, you know, how extremely hard it is for him to make it as a black man in this country. Um, oh, wait, he did say that. And on that, this is a guy who's been royalty since he was 14 years old, has been given things uh uh has been given the treatment none of us probably have had in just a day of our life this guy's had it since he was 14 years old so hence the name king james but you know what it's really really tough for him and and you know we we should all feel sorry for him and once again the rich complaining saying they're the victim can't stand it and here's here's something else that lebron james said and on this yeah so he also so lebron james also said everyone jumps on the bandwagon of what we provide we meaning black people what we bring, how we dress, our music, our culture, our food. What he's basically trying to say is that Americans are using the ideas or activities say created by black people and making money off of it. Um, I don't think LeBron James realizes that basketball was created by a white Canadian American. And it was that Canadian American's idea. It was that Canadian American's activity Called basketball that he's making money off of. So what he's accusing America of doing, he's doing too. And on that, who cares? Just be successful. We're all Americans. Just stop. Their dream is to be rich and successful in America. That's why we have so many people coming to our country, is because you know they they wanna they wanna have that success. And LeBron James has made it. Madonna has made it. These people have made it. And they're sitting there telling you that they're the victim. And all it does is drive us crazy and say, i um, you. OK, so Jeremy Lin just came out. He's a professional basketball player. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, he's an Asian-American, but he just came out and said um, that they call they call him coronavirus on the court. Um, I'm not I'm not sure what player or players he's referring to, but this needs to be dissected a little bit, okay because I'm this all right Guys, we make fun of each other now are, are, are these your friends? because if they're your friends then you know I have friends at work that call me greaseball, spaghetti head, wop. I mean the list goes on and on and we laugh about it at each other and we you know we go on with the day. that's what we do. I mean if these if these are your friends that, that you don't want them to call you that just tell them say hey man. I get offended by those kind of things. Don't say that, which I think is a bitch move, but I'm just saying you do what you want to do. Um, You know, people can call me whatever they want when they're my friends. That's what we do. That's what that's what guys do. That's what girls do. We make fun of each other, man. We have fun. We make light of it. I mean, if it's somebody you don't know or somebody you're not friends with that's rude to you, then that takes us to a whole nother level. And that's with me as well. I mean, you know, if, if I don't know someone and they're being rude to me and they're like, hey, you greasy garlic or I'll get over here whatever fuck you or whatever I'm gonna get pissed of course I'm gonna get pissed but I'd get pissed if they call me ass face or dickhead and or anything like that if I don't know them and they're being disrespectful and rude to me it doesn't matter what they're calling me so that so that kind of takes that to another angle you know so so look here's my thing guys stop being offended at everything I mean It's just out of control. It really is. And it's just gonna get worse and worse and worse. I mean, I'm everybody forgetting the old adage, sticks and stones may break your bones. Remember that? But words will never hurt me. Have we completely forgot about that? I mean, there's meaning behind that. What what they're trying to say is, is that, look, you can say whatever you want, as long as you're not physically hurting me, then sure, I can take it, brush it off, whatever. I know words can be dangerous. I'm not saying that but every little thing that we're dissecting and picking apart now are being exaggerated and blown out of proportion, pretty much the old, pretty much the old term, making a mountain out of a molehill. This is what's happening. Like people are searching to be offended. Like they're looking. It's almost like a triggered offensive scavenger hunt that people are on every single day. And on that. Okay, everybody, that's gonna do it for the Om You Podcast season one. Greatest Calls Part Two. Part Three will be released soon, and not only that, Season Two is right around the corner. So make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and also give me a follow on Instagram, okay? And that would be at Omu Podcast. Once again, that handle on Instagram is Omu Podcast. And if you don't subscribe and you don't follow me, I still love you, but guess what? I'm you.